Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Big shout out to my EP executive producer, Andre Suttles, as always. And a big shout out to you for tuning into this podcast, No Rain, No Rainbows. It's about overcoming adversity to live our best lives. Joining me today, a good friend of mine. Uh, I'm excited for this podcast, David Murray in the building. And we've been talking about doing this for a while, man. Yeah, we have, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, it was at a barbecue this past Sunday. I was like, man, when are we doing the podcast? You said, I'm waiting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here we are yeah. a couple of days later. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and for our listeners that might not have been introduced to you before, who might not be from the Greenville area in South Carolina, why not really quick introduce that to uh, yourself to them, who you are and what it is you do, man? All right. Um, my name is David Murray. Like I said, um, I grew up in Greenville, uh, was born and raised here, um, lived pretty much my whole life, um, excluding two years out of high school. I lived in Charlotte. Um, but, and then after that, I moved back, um, went to North Greenville, played football at North Greenville, graduated from North Greenville as well. Um, so, um, that's, you know, that's where, who I am, where I'm from. Um, my family went to Wade Hampton high school. So, you know, a lot of people, but, um, after that, man, I went through a whole, um, uh, a lot of things, you know, I've done where I'm at currently. Um, I'm now, um, I'm blessed to be working at BMW. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, what you would say my title is, is a called a process supporter, but it's like a supervisor. Mm-hmm. So I'm not on the line building cars. Sometimes I do have to get on the line and build the cars, but, um, I'm over scheduling and training. And so yeah. it's kind of like a middle lower management, which my goal is to hopefully in the next year. It's a process, you know, it's my first time being in a automotive industry yeah. and it's uh it's it's a different, you know, it's a different change, but you know, you just got to do your process. Yeah. Um so hopefully in the next year or so I'll be going for management. So nice. but that's who I am right now. I have a, a beautiful uh 5-year-old daughter. Uh, her name is Ava. Mm-hmm. Um and she turned 6 on July 6. So um that's a little bit uh just a little bit of uh who I am. Yeah. So, and Ava, man, I'll tell you, she she lights up a room when she yeah. comes in, man. Yeah, she's she's grown up into a, a very beautiful little girl. Yeah, must be so proud, so happy. I am. You know, yeah. I I don't want to say, you know, everybody says they got a good kid, but I mean, man, she's been a blessing from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, all the way from not crying and all the way through the night and sleeping. Yeah, you know, and it's been that way her entire life. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's very um very easygoing, and you know, um, it's always been. You know, she's been a very good blessing to my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been lucky enough to know you for for a number of years. When I first moved here to Greenville, South Carolina, our mutual friend, Charles Russ, he's been on this podcast. He's probably listening to this podcast, shaking his head that we're sitting here together. Yeah. Um, But I've I've been lucky enough to to meet you through him. And and through the years we've been on on quite the journey, I've seen amazing growth on your end. You've probably seen me change throughout the years, which is something that I think is beautiful. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people, they say, oh, you know, I'm the same. I, I, I don't change. You know, I have the same friends from day one. But 
I think we're supposed to change along the way. Absolutely. Don't you think? I think so. <laughs> I mean, you know? life happens and we go through some things and, uh, and we could talk a little bit about that. Cause when I met you, you were actually, you were running Sharkies. Yeah. 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 I was in the service industry in the bar, in the bars and stuff. So. Oh yeah. That's, that's that was me. Yeah. What yeah. was that like? Cause I remember coming in and I remember Charles pointing at you and then and you were, you were, you always knew people's names. Yeah. You, you handled your bar very well, I must yeah. say. And people loved you, man. Yeah. Um, man, it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. It, it was, I learned a lot, but um, um, you could say on my end, I guess I'm the, uh, there's a lot of repercussions in that business. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of bad choices because there can be a lot of bad around that. Well, th- but that's it in everything. And so I'm not trying to put... You know, yeah. push push this down. You know, yeah. I'm, that's not my life. Is trying to change and push that down. I fell into uh, a bad uh, situation um, mm-hmm. just from my choices. You yeah. know, but um, it was it was but on the on the it, it was good. I got to meet people. Um, there was no there was no same day. Every every day was different. You got to meet a lot of people. You got to see a, a life through a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, um and you know, it was you know, it it was it was it was fun, you know. I could say, you know, doing that in your in your 20s and early 30s, it 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 could uh it could be definitely um it was something that was an experience cuz you get to meet meet a lot of people, you know, and you get to have a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. A lot of funny ones, you yeah. know, and there's some bad and sad ones, you know, but, um, you know, but, um, but it it was, yeah, you know, it was an experience. Yeah, right? it was. And that's usually how it goes. I mean, you said there, there were some good times, bad times. I think that's, that's the, the life we live. It all encompasses a whole bunch of things. And sometimes yeah. we look in our past and, and we see, we see a lot of good times, a lot of joy. Yeah. Um, but it, it sometimes gets cloudy when when we're having too much fun yeah you know yeah sometimes and <laughs> and i i know that that happened to me where i'm just it's having too much fun at some point and it's 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 a blessing when someone can kind of be like hey hey you might be driving a little too fast here on this thing called life mm-hmm. um might want to pump the brakes a little bit mm-hmm. um what was i guess the brakes for you what was the kind of uh um the taillights in front that kind of helped you pump the brakes a little bit um, man, I didn't, you could say my daughter, Yeah, you know, um, I mean, there were a lot looking back in life. There's a lot of, there's a lot of voices in my head telling me to pump the brakes. A lot of people, you know, good people. Yeah. Um, they could see a side of me that I thought I was hiding, you know, um, a struggle in me that, uh, that, that I, I, I kept hid pretty well. Um, you know, but, um, you know, my, when my daughter, uh, was born, I knew I needed a a different life. Mm -hmm. I wanted a different life, not, not just, I wanted a different life. I wanted to be, um, and that was stemming from a lot of, a lot of things because I was caught up in some things that I knew I needed to change that I didn't. And I thought maybe getting out would have helped, but it, it only brought a lot of things to light. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. How was that process of, of trying to leave? And I know for the listeners, they might be kind of questioning, okay, you know, what exactly is going on here? Um, do you want to tell them kind of yeah, the uh, situation? So on my, you know, the reason I do this um, and I, I agreed to this because um, I feel a, a calling of, um, so the gist of it is here I am going on almost in November it would be five years of sobriety. Um, 100% free from, uh, cocaine was my drug of choice. That, that's a, um, you'll hear, you know, those acronyms. Yeah. You know, when you get into that world, you, you hear, you know, what was your DOC? Oh, okay. Drug of choice, you know, yeah. and mine was, mine was cocaine. Um, and it was stemmed also from alcohol. Yeah. And that's where I, I guess you, now you can see where I said I, 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 I a lot of the bad in running the bars and business. Yeah. Because if you got a cocaine addiction and you got an alcohol addiction, the worst thing you need to be doing is working in a bar. Surrounded by. You know? It. Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, um, but yeah. So, um, you know, November will be five years of that. Um, congrats, and, man. Yeah. Um, you know, and. I just want to, that's why I do this because that's, that's a passion of mine, you know, is trying to maybe help somebody because there was an organization that helped me, you know, um, and really, really helped me, um, because a lot of people try to tell me mm -hmm. or, you know, point me in the right, right direction. But man, you're not, you're not thinking, yeah. you know, there is no clarity, you know, there's so much cloud and there's so much, um, you know, there's just, it's hard to admit that you've got a problem, yeah. you know? Um, so, um, what is, what does that recovery look like? Because I think, um, for anybody that's listening now, I, I want to be clear that addiction comes in so many different forms. Yeah. You know, you, you can have addictions to drugs. You can have addiction to the gym. You can have addiction to people. You can have addiction, addiction to pornography. And these all manifest in different ways. And I think a lot of us, um, myself included, we all struggle with some form of addiction in, in some way, shape or form in our lives. And it's not necessarily what that addiction is. It's, it's how we break free from it that I think can, can really benefit some of the listeners right now. So like you mentioned, you're not thinking clear, right? Like yeah. I'm not thinking clear whenever I'm, I'm focused on, Jess will say I'm addicted to work at some times, right? Like I'll go in my office, close the door and, and the dogs will be barking. I wouldn't even hear them. Yeah. Um, I, I would tell her, I was like, Oh, well, I was in the zone. You know, I was in the zone. I was over here. I, I don't know what's going on over there. And your tunnel vision or you're cloudy, you're focused. You know, how can you snap somebody out of that and, and kind of like put the mirror up in front of them? Um, you know, recovery hits everybody in a different way. Yeah. Everybody has their own rock bottom, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, what, what, what might be something for you, um, is different for me, you know, um, some people, you know, some people, it, if, if we're talking in the, in the addiction, like drug world, you know, some people it's, it's jail, you know, me, it was, I didn't want to lose my family. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to be a good dad, you know, I wanted to be a good husband, you know, um, but addiction was ruining that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 
I was I was glad that I had the foresight and I wanted to go. I'd been I'd been I mean I'd been fighting it. I'd been I'd been wanting help, you yeah. know. But I didn't know how do you how do you ask for help when you've got this facade, you know? And I mean, I blew my family away, you know, yeah. by this. By 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 this. But you know, it came to a point, you know, at the time it was, you know, she was my wife, but you know, um there was a time you know, I I knew I needed I needed. I wanted not that I needed, I wanted to be something that the, that I wasn't. Yeah. You know? And the reasoning why I wasn't was because of the addiction. Yeah. It 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 you know, because I, I think even in my addiction, I was still you could say worldly like a good dude, you know? Yeah. You know, I I treated people right and you know, I didn't I wasn't out there stealing from yeah. people and breaking in houses and committing crimes. In, in my addiction, but I was neglecting the ones that were closest to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you say, you get in the zone, man, my zone was to get high. Yeah. You know, and the repercussions from that, you know, it's either I was getting too drunk and I needed to find a way to sober up. And the only way was to getting high. And then I got too high and that it was like the seesaw, you yeah. know, and it was on a nightly thing. Because when you're working in a bar five or six nights a week, you know, it was a nightly thing just to get through. You know, you start drinking. For me, it was at least. You start yeah. drinking and then you're too drunk and you got to you gotta get. Balance out. You, you got to balance out. Yeah. And, man, at, at the, the seesaw was rocking harder in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, where at the beginning it was fun and it was something you could handle, um, you thought, you know. Yeah. But um, – you know, that's, that's what it's, that's, that's how it was for me. You know, I think you said something so profound there with like the seesaw, how it was something that you can handle at first, but then it gets wobbly. And, you know, I, I look at you, I see so much humility and care. Right. And I think at some point in time, I think it's our ego that holds us back from that threshold mm-hmm. where like you, you mentioned, you know, overall you were a good dude, you know, and it's like, if we're thinking, I'm not hurting anybody, I'm not hurting anybody, and not kind of realizing that we might be hurting those closest to us, it's kind of like our ego is the thing we need to get over to kind of step into that 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 next realm of, hey, maybe I should seek help for this, and maybe I should have the humility to know I can't do it by myself. Yeah. Um, for anybody that might be working on their recovery, you know, what was it like as you're you know, now this is, that's in the past and you're, you're moving forward, right? You're, you're, you're pushing through your sobriety. And I know there's, there's probably challenges as you're, you're pushing into that. What keeps you going, man? Man, I never forget. Um, and that can be hard to do because as time goes on, mm-hmm. like a lot of people in recovery, they slip within the first year, a vast majority, and then they have a few years. The ones that make it out of that first year of sobriety or recovery, and then they slip up later on. And you ask, "Well, how did they do that?" Well, they they got they got out of that routine, yeah. and they got out of. And when I was in re- recovery program, one of the things I had a now he's the he's the president. I went through a lot of people. Um, I went through Miracle Hill Ministries, which, man, if 
if you have anybody, man, I'm just going to shout out right there, man, because they nationally, they have one of the highest success rates. Nice. You know, and it's free. Yeah. You know, it's a small upcharge and they might even waive that like a 50 or I don't know what it is now, 50 or a hundred dollars just to get you in. Yeah. And that's it. And you get free counseling, free food, free place to live, but you got to be committed. Yeah. You got to do work. You know, this isn't, this isn't some place out in California where you're spending $10,000 a week for some, like some actor's place, you know, and they're telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. Man, like this is legit like recovery yeah and but anyway so but shout out to them if anybody's here in the upstate man they take people there are people from cal i mean from california from colorado from all over you this isn't an upstate thing um so if you know of somebody man look them up look at they got a website but anyway the director who now is the vice president or not the, he's the president um one of the things he said to me was never forget how you felt the first day you walked in that door mm-hmm. and man, the weight that I felt on that day, you know, like a disappointment, you know, uncertainty, you know, um, what do, what do people think of me? Mm-hmm. How are they going to view this? And, and seeing the hurt in family, you know, those are things you cannot forget. Yeah. You can't. And that's the thing that stuck with me is how does it get through? And it's time, you know, because there's comes that dangerous point, like times where, man, I can just go out and have a beer with my friends. Mm-hmm. But I start role playing in my head what that looks like. And man, that beer might turn into that night. It might be OK, but then it sparks a seed. And that becomes, and if you already had that, it can be a very slippery slope to yeah. start going back down that, you know, because what happens if that beer turns into a shot because my team just won and it's just one shot, but then that sparks something and that becomes another beer and another shot. And then I'm down this road again mm-hmm. and, you know, does guilt start coming into this? And then, mm-hmm. you know, do man, I got to get home. I'm, I've been drinking too much and, or I'm at the bar and now I've had too many. I'm a little tipsy. I'm not really looking for some cocaine, but I'm in the bathroom peeing and I see a dude or hear a dude. Cause that's where they do it. You know, a yeah. lot of, that's where I did it. Yeah. I mean, there's probably not a bathroom in downtown Greenville. I haven't done cocaine in, you yeah. know, if you were a restaurant, even a business, you know, if I was in there, you know, mm-hmm. so then that 10th, now I'm weak. My yeah. shield's off, Yeah, you know, and I, I role play those, you know, so I still, you know, and when, when people talk about and people have to handle recovery different, you know, like my my a great friend of mine now that I went through and he lived with me for two years. His recovery looks totally different mm-hmm. than me. You know, I can still go. Like when I say I feel like I've got freedom from it, man, I really do, you know, because you if you want to have a beer in front of me, that's that doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. You know, but some people, they've got to leave. They've yeah. got to get out of there. They can't see it. They, they just, yeah. Like they can't even walk into a, go down a certain aisle in a grocery store. Yeah. You know, but 
like I feel like I, I mean, like I've got freedom from it, you know, mm-hmm. but it looks different from everybody. But that also can also put me up for vulnerability down the road, you know? Yeah. So because I might become too arrogant or too prideful and be like, man, I got this and I could put myself in a really bad situation, yeah. you know, like I did almost like a year ago, you know? Um, but you know, so that's, that's how I, I stay sober and how I keep it is I do things like this. Like nowadays, if you see me, like if we become close, it's very soon that you will know that I'm in recovery. Yeah. You know, like I let that be known. Like now as where I looked at that as being something that I was afraid of, mm-hmm. that I was people looked down on. Man, that's something I take pride in now. You know, yeah. like, man, I'm in recovery, you know, and I, because it, it can open up a window to so many people's lives. Yeah. And unfortunately, on the other end, people sometimes, man, I don't want to be the one that jeopardizes this man's recovery by having a beer in front of him, you know, and that you get that a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was going to ask too, because like, and that's what I love about you with that transparency, but I think it's important to have, that clarified with people because then you you're not doing it alone yeah you know like at the barbecue we were like oh yeah ted there's a beer over there and dave we got some some water sodas or whatever you like you actually have people who will have your back then yeah you know what i mean where it's like listen you you ain't gotta fight alone yeah we're here brother yeah you know and i think how how important is for someone that might be in their own recovery to have that squad with them or have someone they can call or, or, or somebody that, you know, like, Hey man, I shouldn't do this or somebody to tap them and be like, Hey, you shouldn't do this. Kind of like someone trusted that you could check in with along the way to keep yeah. you, keep you focused, you know? Yeah. I mean, you definitely need a accountability. You, yeah. you gotta have that. Um, um, there's people that I still meet with on a weekly basis. Yeah. There's groups out there, you know, um, um, unfortunately, you know, I have to miss a lot of them because of my night schedule working third shift. Um, but there's great, but there's other meetings, there's daytime and morning meetings, but there's one I meet every Thursday morning, you know, and it's a group of guys and it's not really a recovery focused one. It's yeah. more of my faith, yeah. but it keeps me grounded. Um, and I can, I can share with them because I've been doing it for so long for so many years. And one of the guys is like a mentor to me. I mean, he practically is, you know, I mean, somebody I, I really look up to, but he's been through this for years. But you have the accountability. And I think it makes it easier because then that pressure's not there. You know, yeah. if if the respect like I in recovery I allow like there was a thing that there was a saying like your life is a box, is a room, mm-hmm. is a room. And you're the only one that has the door hand the, the doorknob to that door. Yeah. You are the one that allows things in yeah you know and instead of allowing other people on the other side to come in mm-hmm. you have to be in control and control that and you know so when i say or i'm in a you know at a cookout or something and i because i don't just go out by myself yeah you know like i go into a situation knowing and i have that and it, there's but in that recovery also know this is what I'm going into. Like, yeah. I don't go like I used to go out downtown and drink and everything because I wanted to get messed up. Yeah. You know, 
You know, now when I go downtown, I think of, man, I'm going down to feed ducks with my daughter or go to eat ice cream. Yeah. You know? Or uh, that one time, I think it was me and you at um, Downtown Alive with Ava. Yeah. She was still in the stroller. I'm like, people are probably looking at us like a, an interracial gay couple, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but it's also your mentality walking into a situation. Yeah. You already have to, you, you, you got to own it, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but saying that, like to y'all, you know, you give options because there's some people that don't know. And if you stay silent, the pressure doesn't let off. Mm-hmm. You know, because eventually they're like, man, why don't you just have a beer, man? Just have a beer. We're all having a beer. We're all having a fun time. But if you stay silent and you're like not telling that you have recovery and this is an issue for you, please respect that, you know, as a stranger. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you shouldn't have to ask that for your friends oh, in yeah. your circle. But, you know, like you said, y'all give that option of, man, there's water and we got juice. You know, y'all, here's a beer if you want one, you know. But th- it's never brought up again, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like. Water's in the fridge or in this jug, you know, beer's over here for those who want beer. Yeah. And it's never brought up again. Yeah. So being that open and transparency, there's not that misunderstanding. Not like somebody's just doing it as a disrespect. They just don't understand. That's you know, true. they don't get that. That pressure's not there. Yeah. So And we can't expect somebody else to kind of read our minds and, and know what we're thinking or going yeah. through. Yeah. Um I want to talk about um since you've you've been been going through recovery and, and sobriety or whatnot it was last year or, or before you're like man i'm starting running and then this fool goes and runs a marathon yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i gotta say if you're watching on youtube yeah and you were to pick which one of us ran the marathon it's, yeah it's not the 180 pound dude yeah <laughs> 195 now i've, I've taken time off for running <laughs> no but um man you know that's the addiction like sometimes people look at things as freedom mm-hmm. but really man i was enslaved to it uh-huh. and it it controlled me yeah and it didn't just control my thoughts it controlled my actions mm-hmm. and it was a dream killer it was a thing that man like i don't another thing i don't do is i don't smoke no more yeah. You know, cigarettes, you know, and I, I used to smoke all the time. You know, thank God I've got the same amount of time in that. I never, never went back to smoking. Yeah. You know, thank God. But it's like, I'm at work. You know, if y'all ever worked in a place and it's break mm-hmm. and you see two type of people, the smokers, boom, they're beelining to the door. And the other ones, man, I can go sit in the break room and I can chill and I can relax. I can have a drink and, you know, maybe a snack, you know. Man, they're enslaved to cigarettes. Yeah. Because they have to go. And man, it's, or have you ever driven down the road and just seen like a group of people and it's 25 degrees outside and they're they're smoking? Like, man, I'm glad I ain't got to do that, you know? (laughs) You know, but it control, things like that control you. Mm -hmm. And addiction, man, that, that controlled me. And that's the good side of recovery is, man, I'm free. Like, I am free. Yeah. I can do what I want to do. Like, because financially, you know, because I'm not blowing hundreds of dollars a week. Yeah. I can, I can save. I'm not in debt. I can go on vacations. I can do things I want to do. Whereas those things take a back seat, maybe the third row seat, actually, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and the, the addiction is driving, wow. you know? So, 
instead of staying up all night and smoking and drinking and being hungover, man, I could go out and I can get up and I can go run for two hours or mm-hmm. go to the gym or, you know, go do this Spartan run, you know, because I'm in, this is what, this is part of my normalcy now, you know, it frees up so much of my life Yeah, that you don't see on this side, on that side. You really don't see it until you're away from it. And you're like, man, like life is so much better. Yeah. You know, it it, it really is. Going hiking and yeah, you know, the sights. Yeah. You know, and, and it's also the, the mental, like the, the mental part of it too, man. I don't wake up in guilt and shame, you know, like, like I can, it's, there's so many great things about it. Yeah. You know, on this side of it. Yeah. But there has to be somebody on this side to tell somebody on that side that, man, it, you can do it. I've yeah. done it. And your road might not look like my road and your struggles aren't my struggles, but there's a different side of it. And it's so much better, you know? Yeah. So last question, I guess, is, you know, with those folks listening who are, who are sitting on the cusp, because, you know, you mentioned earlier, it's, it's about wanting it, right? They yeah. need to want it or they need to see, you know, what it's costing them. What would you say to somebody on, on the cusp of, of recovery or who, who might have a hard time getting over that initial fear of, of admitting to themselves what's happening? From a man's span, standpoint, it's hard. Yeah. You know, because we want to be, you know, we want to be able to be in control. We hate to admit failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of pride of that, man. Like one of the things that I, I learned from and on the other side, man, is nobody's ever going to put you down. And that's the lie in your head in, in this Nobody's going to put you down for going through recovery. Yeah. It takes somebody extremely strong to say, man, to go up to another person and say, man, I've got a problem and I need help. Yeah. Man, that's, and, 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 and a lot of people look at that as shame. And, and, and it's not, I, I don't know. That's, I think that's just in us because people don't say that, you know, like, and people look at recovery as weakness. Yeah. But it, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, we all need help in something, man. It's just the same. Like it's, so if, if you are tired, you know, and you're like, don't let that be, you know, yeah. um, don't let that be a holdback, you know, that you're afraid or ashamed or, you know, all, all, all those feelings, man, because I've had more people say, man, man, I, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. You know, not one, not one person's ever said, man, you're weak or man, I can't believe you went to recovery. Like you ain't no man. Like, you know, like not one more people have said, man, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're doing the right thing. I love seeing who you are becoming. Yeah. You know, these are great things that really just fill you up and it, and then when you get away from it, and you can see it down the road, you're like, man, yep, yep, I get it. I see it. It was the right thing. It is the right thing, you know? Yeah. So, you know, just encourage, you know, find find that somewhere, you know, to be able, whether it, and your recovery might not, you might, you might not have to go through a seven-month, you know, program, 
like I did, yeah. you know, where I was in complete almost isolation. Maybe yours can be a meeting, you know, but it does. I don't know. Everybody's recovery looks different, you know. Yeah. So, but man, just taking that step because a meetings weren't enough for me. I tried that, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd, I'd I'd go right back, you know. Yeah. Um. So, um, but you know, call somebody, man. Somebody's listening. Get a hold of this Ted and them. They can give you my number because man, I'll talk to anybody and I'll go almost anywhere. Yeah. You know, to to speak to somebody. You know, and you know, but don't be afraid. Yeah. You know, Definitely. there there's no there's no shame in asking for help. Yeah. There's really not. And and dude, I, I look at you with so much admiration and, and joy in and you you know, you're the bravest person I know. Uh-huh. And I mean that, brother. I mean that. And um, you know, I'm I'm glad to call you a friend. Yeah. And I, I hope our listeners um take us up on that offer and reach out to me and I'll get you in touch with Davey. Um, is there an email or maybe a, a social media address that they could reach you at if they wanted to reach you directly or should they go through me? Um, I don't mind them going through me if they need Man, to. you can look me up on Instagram. Um, I've got a Facebook account, but I've got it off right now. Yeah. Just um, so, um, I mean, it's still active, but it's not on my phone and I don't follow it or anything right now. Um, the ironic thing about my uh, um my Instagram is it's death to life. Yeah. So, um, and that's, that's true. Yeah. You know, I felt like I was dead once and now I'm living a life, but, um, but yeah, or, you know, I'm at, it's pretty easy. Murray number five, five. That was my foot, uh, football number in college. So Murray 55, David at gmail.com. And then if you want my number, get a hold of Ted, um, yeah. and he'll give you my number. Um, so, you know, look me up on Instagram if you want to, or, I mean, Facebook, I still got messenger, so you can hit me up on actually, you know, private messenger on, on Facebook. So, you know, um, just uh, a way for folks to to reach out. And I do have a dad out there and we have the same exact name. So make sure that the picture, usually if, if you see a a blonde headed five-year-old daughter, that's me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. if you see an old man that's in his eight, oh, oh, I say eighties, but he's only seventy six. <laughs> but if you see an old man, that's not me. That's my dad. So yeah. there are two David Murrays out there. You know, at least in Greenville. So he, he's a G, just like yeah, too. he is, man. You know, he 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 overcame adversity as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I I didn't see it as at as at a young age, but he's always struggled too with some things. Um, you know, that was cause of war, but you know, so. He has a G, man. He's my hero, man. Yeah. You know, um, you know, one of the things I'll lead off with or, or not lead off with, uh, end with, you know, my dad is a man of few words. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of things go back from war, you know, and it's an older generation too. He had hard fathers. Yeah. Um, but, um, man, I've done a lot, you know, in life. Um, and there's a lot of dreams that my dad enjoyed seeing me do, you know, things, goals and things that I did, you know. And um, but, man, the day I don't know if I, I would have made it through, um, but the day that I went into recovery, man, he looked at me and he goes, man, I'm proud of you, mm. you know. And that's the last thing I wanted. I thought I was going to hear. He could have said a lot of things. He said, you're spoiled. I gave you everything in life. You know, I set you up for everything to have. I gave you all the cards and you screwed it up, son. Way to go. You know, yeah. there's a lot of things. He could have been angry because he helped me also financially during that time. 
you know, um, me, me and at the time my wife, you know, he helped us out. He, he wanted to make sure that I was good and that they were good as well, you know, but the thing he said to me and it stuck with me. And so I think I look at that now as a father, you know, mm-hmm. how my responses to my, to my daughter, but also man, like that stuck with me. Like he just looked at me and said, I'm proud of you, nice. you know? And so and anybody out there that man just know that you know i might not know you but if you take that first step man i'm proud of you yeah you know agreed because and you know if if you don't hear from anybody else because you are making a right move nice you are making the first right step yeah you know and so but yeah man that's it davy brother Thank you, man. Yeah. I love you, brother. Uh, man, I love you too, man. <laughs> yeah, this you this know? has been awesome. And I, I really think our, our listeners are are gonna benefit from this because you know, when we say no rain, no rainbows, we we always start to stress that the rain is what helps the flowers grow. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Um, and it was just brought to my attention a few episodes ago on how like you know, um we did an interview and I think the listeners will be here or they should have heard it already, where we discovered sometimes the storms are what save our lives. Yeah. You know, that, that's the rain comes just in time. That's the absolute truth. Yeah. You know, I knew, I knew if I didn't make, go into recovery, mm-hmm. you know, I, the, the night I made the decision, we had a, I had to fall out because I came home at 630 in the morning, high and drunk. Um, but at the time my wife wanted me out and I understand that because, and I was in a hotel, man, and you know, in a dark place, man, you know, mm-hmm. and I was, I was debating life, you know, yeah. where do I go? And even debating ending it, you know, um, but God gave me the foresight, you know, and I knew, thank God I didn't have to go down a destructive lifestyle to get me to my rock bottom. Yeah. Thank God, you know, because it has, it had, it has been a privilege to not have a criminal record. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's a great thing, you know, and sometimes people or or lose my driver's license or things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, those are other, you know. And I'm not trying to minimize because I struggled with my addiction for like 10 years. You know, I just did it good. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, and, but, you know, I still lost at the time, you know, still, I still lost one of the greatest things, you know? Um, But I knew going in, I looked at my life and I, God gave me clarity in that moment. And I said, man, if I don't get help right now, I will either be dead or in jail. Mm-hmm. I knew that. I knew that 100% in my life. I knew that. Yeah. And so I had to make the choice right there was whether I was going to go left or right, you know? Yeah. And thank God I had the clarity to make the right choice. Pride yeah. and anger didn't get inside of me and humility. And I think I learned that from my dad. My dad's a very humble man. So yeah. humility was able to over override a lot of things. And I was able to go down that road of recovery. And it's the best because that was that was a hurricane. It wasn't just a rain. It was, it was a hurricane, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, man, you know, the rebuilding process has been more beautiful than anything in my life. Yeah. You know? I love so. it. And I'm excited to see where you go because I've seen the progress. And I love seeing you in the gym. I'm trying yeah. to get, like, I'm trying to get as big as you one you don't day. don't want to. You don't <laughs> want to. It's hard to lose it. I'm yeah. telling you. It's hard to lose it. I'm with you. Well, yeah. We'll both keep pushing forward. And, uh, Davey, thanks so much um, yeah. to the listeners. Uh, I thank you for giving us the time. And I know there are so many valuable things here. Um, 
seeing a life through other people's eyes. That's, that was the experience you mentioned about working in the service industry and meeting a lot of people. I think that was important, but it was also important to couple that with something else you said in terms of when you're in that zone, there was no clarity. It was, it was clouded, which is, which is really important for folks to kind of recognize their own blindness to a situation at times. And every, everyone has their own rock bottom and, I, I 100% solely hope that you don't reach yours and I hope that you can kind of look in the mirror or find those people around you that can help pull you in the right direction. The shout out to Miracle Hill Ministries Absolutely. and their service. I didn't know it was free or with a, it was just a small upcharge. Yeah. And they have one for men and women. Nice. So know that, you know, yeah. that they, 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 and I mean, they house up over 80 guys. Nice. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and do the research and make sure that the links are in the the show notes. So any of the listeners um, that might not themselves be going through something, but might know somebody, they can give that resource where it's needed yeah. because that's really what it's all about. And also never, never forget. I think that was huge. And it's really important for a lot of folks to kind of stay grounded in what keeps them going. Yeah. And I love that you do that. And, um, you know, addiction or recovery, it's different for everybody. I think that's so important yeah. because uh, there is no, there's no just, there's no straight playbook to it. You know, it's, it's a different play for everyone. And I think that's important to translate that. So Davey, man, thanks again. Yeah, man. Glad, and, to, glad to have this opportunity. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we always say this at the end of the episode for our listeners, you know, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Mm-hmm. Let's grow. Yep. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.